I'm in this year here with Happy New Year. Um, I wasn't here on Sunday, I wasn't here on Sunday, so Happy New Year. I wish you a Happy New Year. I believe this is going to be, this is going to be the best year we've ever had. I know what God is wanting. I know what God is wanting. He doesn't work backwards. He doesn't work backwards. He works forward. So let's pray. So let's pray as we prepare to get into tonight. He has to show what God has to show and do it. Father, what's about tonight? Father, as we enter this new year, as we enter this new year, we thank you so much. As we look back over, as we look back over last year, things that you've done, things that you've done in this place, and things that you've done in lives, and things that you've done in things that you've done, we're not even aware of. You've always been faithful. You've always been faithful. Some of us have come through trials and difficult times. Some of us have had wonderful years. Whatever their experience, whatever their experience has been, we know this much. Faith you are. You're faithful that you remain the same. As we've come through, and as we've come through last year and the years before, and all the challenges, challenges between the pandemic and the economy and everything else that the enemy has thrown has tried to throw against us, we've remained strong. We've remained strong, and you remain faithful. So we know that as we, so we know that as we enter into this year together, God who is faithful, God who is faithful, and has brought us through last years and these last years and all of our years, is faithful to God. Is faithful for this year, for you cannot change. So help us as we so help us as we enter this year. Our eyes to lift our eyes up to the circumstances of our life. Our eyes up to lift our eyes up to the circumstances that's around us and that's around us in the world. The greater love that's out there to draw in, help us to draw in closer to you. Learn this year. Learn this year. Abide. Truly abide in Christ. Abide in Christ. Abide in Him. To abide in Him. To rest. Abide in Him. Abide in Him with
a days remembering an amazing night. We got up on Wednesday night. We got up over 200 people. We got up to 50 night on Wednesday night. We hear the teachers. And uh, times have changed. The pressures of the world are different. There are so many more distractions. But, uh, but, but, but there's something about there's something about the core group of people committed and that are committed and want to go together. We're going 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 to go together. God can use this use that we're open if we're open and we're going to do that allow him to do that and use that to begin to ignite something that can spread to others there was years ago years ago a century ago there were a few that gathered in New York gathered in New York on one of the parks at lunchtime they decided to pray together and the part of the story and others began to and others began to join God so God so many of them they began to have to be in an hour and out of that a great revival that raised away from it was birthed like just a few other people gathering together the second great awakening the second great awakening that was Edward's church was Edward's church was started in the bunch of youths by a bunch of youths that started together and started seeking God began to meet and God began to meet them and they began to experience and meeting them taste and meeting them they began to spread because for people are they are thirsty 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 that's all you hear from them is they want something that's authentic and what's that? What can be more authentic in terms of presence of God, reality, ultimate reality himself? So the last time I saw the last time I did a Wednesday night three times ago, we began to talk about pressing into God and how to do that and something. And this is not something I'm an expert in by any means. I'm on a journey to do this also. I just felt, but I just felt us to be led for 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 I just want to kind of go a few of the things, a few other things we talked about then. Uh, open, up a little, uh, open up a little bit of a new subject to do some of that. So, uh, so uh, we talked about we the difference between the presence of God. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian and you can tell God dwells in us, God dwells in us, His Spirit is alive in us, and God dwells in us by His Spirit. But there's something beyond, there's something beyond the presence of God in us. There's a manifest presence of God in us. That's really, that's really what's been lacking in so many churches. And if that, um, and if that manifest presence brings about change, brings about change, we grow and we can grow and overcome things as we renew our minds. There are some things that there are some things that change and that are going to be changed and delivered literally in moments when God's guys, when God's presence shows up. Brother Hagen, Brother Hagen, who founded the school that I went to, the school that I went to, and Pastor Ray went to, and Mr. Monaco went to, and some other people. And you went to. You went to my wife with me. I do remind you the way I do remind you the way I do. I went there too. Yes, you did. Um, he would tell stories about these wonderful experiences that happened, that were happening, services where the presence of God or presence would show up. And dramatic, dramatic things would happen. Even the school that and even the school that our son, Pastor Chris, might not have been able to I don't know how long they had some of these experiences. I would move this year ago. I would move in school in the classrooms and in the classrooms and the FBI and the Senate began to pray. And they began to pray. One of those examples was one of the students came up to the teachers that I just really feel that I just really feel that we must pray, that we need to go to class. And so in their class, they were open to the spirit, open to the spirit, from a different from a Flashed 
found that President Reagan had been shot. And his survivors, as we know, the significance of that is that every president, that every president from Abraham Lincoln to Ronald Reagan, up until Ronald Reagan, was elected, then was elected at the beginning of a decade, 1860, 1860, right on 1980, had died in office. It was as if it was a, it was as if it was a curse or something. And here was some, and here was some attempt. Here was an attempt. He's going to carry that in his mind. I believe because people were traitors. I'm sure it wasn't just that school. We reversed that. It reversed that effort to try to just destroy his life and destroy his life. The point is, the school was sensitive to the Holy Spirit moving them and then stepping out. And I believe with all my I believe with all my heart, there's many more things the Holy Spirit has wants to do, wants to do, and still wants to do. Learn how to love and learn how to flow with them. Learn how to have to learn how to be open and allow His presence to manifest and begin to manifest. Our personal lives, certain as well as life servers. I just want to tell you some examples of the Bible. Moses from the Bible. Moses. Moses would change our Moses and entire life. And then the direction of the entire nation experience was God's experience with God in the burning bush. But he just saw God. But he just saw God by reading God or appearing. God appeared to him in a different form in, in, that, in, in that burning bush and began to speak to him, cross to him, and get across to him and what he wanted him to do. We've talked about some, we've talked about some of the problems in here. Elijah had God, Elijah had Isaiah had encounters with God by vision. And those experiences with the living God changed them. And then we have a new testament, of course, we have the disciples, they have a physical Jesus, we have Jesus, and we have Paul, but then we have Paul, and his whole life would change encounter by an encounter. So the point is this, when we have an encounter with God, when God shows up in this manifestation, and it can be in many different kinds of ways. This tangible tells other hate and tell stories about in worship. What it would be like a cloud would be like a cloud rolling in the back of this church, the back of this church, and just kind of roll that cloud and roll over that cloud and all the people just fall down. I've been in services, I've been in service in a service in the church we had before. Sunday evening, we had a Sunday evening disturbance of the spirit of God moved upon us. We were all on the ground, we were all on the ground, and nobody could get up until four in the morning. And I don't know how to get up, and I'm trying to get up, and I can't get up. God, the presence of God was so powerful in that. And then he just released us, he just released us, and we can get up, and eventually get back home. And the members of the church, the members of the church, were stopped by a police officer, and called the fourth on the way home, and fourth in the morning. So where are you from, church? I'm coming from church. A little bit of a conference, a little bit of a convincing. So anyway, so anyway, the point is that our presence of God is not, but we have to have a desire. It's not just going to happen because it's because we come to church, there has to be a hunger, desire, and a desire for the, for the presence of God. One of the great theologians of the, theologians of the church, 13th century, 13th century, St. Thomas and one of the most brilliant theologians the church has ever had. The Summa Theologians, which is one of the most intelligent theological treatises ever written, was writing it. While he was writing it, he had an encounter with the living Christ. We don't know what it was because he wouldn't be heard about Christ's voice. He heard Christ's voice. And, and Christ asked him, and then Christ asked him, What do you want from me? He said, I just want more. He said, I just want more of you. He came out of the vision. He came out of the vision. His scribe came to him. He said, Listen, complete. You need to complete. They take me more of this. Treatise that you're He says, I'm never going to write another word. I'm never going to write another word. Everything I've written, everything I've written up until this point is strong. And it's still the most intelligent. Theological once he saw Christ, but once he saw Christ, what's he going to experience with everything else that's everything else that's natural and insignificant?
Brother Hagen would talk about healing the presence of God, and we would come out of it. We would start to talk. You know, it's nice to run up and just nice to run up and down the church and jump up and down. You've really been in it. When you've really been in God, the presence of God, the intimacy, that intimacy, there's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. There's nothing worse. Just don't do it. So, 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 about how do we talk about how do we get to that place? How can we come? How can we come to that place? And then we get to do what it takes to do what it takes to get there. Hebrews 10, 19. Is there somebody back there to put that up? We're going to look at. We're going to look at. We're going to look at. First of all, first of all, God is able to do what it takes to get there. God is able. God is able. We're Christians. We're Christians. Through the Holy Spirit, God's presence comes to you. God's presence from you. Jesus promised that's that. what makes you born. That's what makes you born. He has life in you. He's put His life in you. Ezekiel says, "Promise takes His heart to you. Take your heart of stone out of flesh. You a heart of flesh. Heart that's born. The heart that's born of Him. Put His own. And then He would put His own Spirit in you. He would wash you clean. He would wash you clean. You have and so you have God's Spirit in you, and you have been born. And you have been born of God's Spirit. So from God's side, from God's side. That's been blocking us. Whatever is blocking us from the gospel. Let's go back. This is something you don't. This is something you don't hear much about in church nowadays. The dominant thing we talk about in the gospel is the dominant character of love. His love is love. God is love. The Bible says He's love. But almost, but almost more than that is His holiness. In Revelation, in Revelation, talked about the seraphim, the seraphim surrounding the throne. They say their whole job. They say their whole job. Four hours a day. Twenty-four hours a day. It's holy. Holy, holy. And the Hebrew language, and the Hebrew language is also in the Greek language. The way they would emphasize something is to repeat it twice. So when you repeat something, so when you repeat something, you're saying that's even more than just those words. But you repeat it three times, it's to emphasize it almost to the limits. Almost to the limits. So these angels are crying out about God's holiness. Holiness. God's holiness. God's holiness is pure. And, and, and when and Isaiah is the experience of God, the presence of God, the Spirit of God didn't come down where he was, talking about where God's throne was. God's throne was. God's throne was. He saw the Lord, and he saw the Lord high and lifted up. Isaiah 6, 6, 1. He saw the Lord high and lifted up, and, and, lifted up and his train filled with him. The angel proclaimed, the angel proclaimed, holy, holy, holy. And his reaction when he saw the holiness of God was to fall down, to fall down and realize, I'm a man of and I live among them, and I live among them, and I live people. God had to show, God had to show him that he could so that he could cleanse his mouth. So he could, because what, so he could, because what a prophet does is a prophet speaks God for the people to the people. God had to so God so had to cleanse his mouth as well. God cleanses his mouth. He had to show Isaiah was a good man. Isaiah was. Isaiah was born of living in the court of the king. The king he was part of the king's entourage. He was, he was highly he was, he was highly educated, and he was a intelligent, righteous man. He saw the whole thing. He saw the holiness of God. He saw his own, his own utter uncleanness. God has to do that. God has to do that to us. We're going to talk about that a little bit about that. Because we had a little too much of self in so, so and so, and so we think encounters and these encounters change them, that change them. Gospel and for a while he was in the Philippines. He was in the Philippines. He had a church that had he 
get a church in the front of the school. And I thought he told the school, he said, we have a, and he said, we have a, a prayer meeting or a worship prayer meeting or a worship service. And, uh, and the fire truck showed up. The fire truck showed up. And the fire truck showed up. And the fire truck showed up. And the, the firemen come in. What's the message? And they said, what's the message? Your building's on fire. And they went out and looked. When they went out and looked, the firemen had seen there were flames on the roof of the building. But there weren't flames. Flames like your logs put off. This was the presence of the, was the, presence of the Holy Spirit in that place. Manifested, manifested, manifested. Sometimes he manifests. Sometimes he manifests in a cloud. Sometimes he manifests. Sometimes he manifests in fire. Sometimes he manifests. Sometimes he manifests in a way you don't physically see, but you can experience him. So I've been in services. I've been in services where people say that people can 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 say that because it opens up now, she says, it's holy, it's just it's holy, 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 John Revere has been here, John Revere has been here, and tells a story about, tells a story about somewhere in South America, part of a country, was part of a conversation that was speaking, it's a good example, and this is a good example, and, um, and, and uh, so, somebody would finish, so when somebody would finish speaking, they would bring a brief break, break, and then they would speak to you, and speaking, whoever was speaking before him was speaking, and he noticed people getting up and leaving, people getting up and leaving, coming in with a coat, coming in with a coat, and a hot dog, with some potato chips, with some potato chips, and sitting down, and, and sitting down, so now he's introduced, so now he's introduced, up, and then he stands up, and people are shuffling around, and they come in, he comes they come in, People are going to the concessions game and sitting down and sitting down as if this was a football game or something like that. And he's part of the world and we're just talking about the Lord, just don't say anything, just stand there. So I just stood there, and so I just stood there, and it took a while for people to realize there's somebody up there, but he's not saying anything. It's anything, just stood there, anything, just stood there, because sometimes it's, because sometimes it's, Teachers and preachers, and teachers and preachers, and I'll be very real and say something. If you're going to say something, that's the gift that we have. That's the gift that we have. He just stood there, and he just stood there, and he has that gift too, and he just stood there and didn't say anything. After a while, and after a while, everybody realizes he's not talking. And once, and once everything calmed down, everything calmed down, he began to talk about, he began to talk about the holiness of God. And while he was talking, and while he was talking about the holiness of God, Peter, this was a stadium down there, a stadium down there, a cover on which had a cover on it. The tops were open, so that the air cleaners were open, the air cleaners so the tops were open, and these stadiums, just many of these stadiums, so open, so the air would come in, so the air would come in, the sun would be coming out, the sun would be coming out, and the rain would be coming And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it was like, it was a harsh moment, and when you were going to get a jet engine, you know, airplane, we make you off, right next to the station, Why is it? Why 
Yes, so why is not that enough? Well, it's not just in us, right? He's with us, right here, right Jesus now. Promised, Jesus promised us where two or more are gathered to in my midst. He didn't say there are in you. He said there are my with so there's his presence. So there's his presence that's with us as well as his presence that's in fact the reality. In fact, the reality is that God is closer to you 24 hours a day than you ever realized. God is able to be omnipresent. Jesus. 
about some ontological concepts. That's not just talking about, that's not just talking about life on prayer. He's talking about coming, talking about coming into the presence of God. Because when the priest and I priest came into that room, he came into the manifest presence of God. And in that room, and in that room, Gordon went over the church. Gordon went over the church. He had the ark of the cosmos with the mercy seat on top of the solid gold. By hammers, by, by hammers, by hand. It wasn't bolted, it wasn't carved, it was beaten, hand was beaten, so that, that, that there was no, that, that there was no artificial form to it. Angel, and there were angels, all the angels bending over, and God said, Shekinah, so the Shekinah presence of God in the middle of that, well, in the middle of that, people were up to see it, and they could see it in the center of the tent. This is where the priest, and this is where the priest went feel like you were some theological concept. God's passion for us. Look at the way he was willing to 
just the gas and the lens and life, that's all, that's fine. Go to the that's how he did all that, so we live in a relationship, we live in a relationship with the Something we experience, we cannot just believe in by faith and sing and talk about it, sing about it, sing about it, Jesus is going to live with Jesus, and if you abide in Jesus, that doesn't just mean believe in him. We think that I have a living and vital relationship, and he uses the example of the vine and the branches. You can't have any more living relationship with the branch between the branch and the vine, and the branches are the trunk of the tree, and the, and the, and the, and the, and the branch was from we had right in the voice from we had right before Christmas. Next morning, I went up the next morning, and I went up some dead branches, and some dead branches in the back. They were stuck to the tree. They were stuck to the tree. But they weren't allowed to live in the land of the living, vital union. And they broke the wind, and the pressure of the wind off. They broke all the the others, the beyond, and when the spring comes, they'll begin leaves again. So leaves again. So he's talking about, so he's talking about, this is what I want God wants to get across. God wants you to explain us, and we're not led by our feelings. That doesn't mean you've got to get off your God. I don't feel God's presence, something's wrong. But God wants us to feel his presence. So by faith, we go by faith. It's like in a marriage. Yeah, it's like in a marriage. You know, you can be blessed in the morning and say, love each other by faith. But it's nice to feel. But it's nice to feel. It's nice to have the emotion. It's nice to have the emotion. It's nice to have the passion. Do something much or do something the whole relationship. And that's what I faith. And that's what God was once so, once with us. So God saw and God saw everything. He's removed everything. Every obstacle. Every obstacle. Keep us from the keeps us from having this experience, this living relationship. So why we Why do we still experience? Why aren't we experiencing other many people that don't other many people that don't care? That's the reason they're not experiencing it. You're here because you want to be many people. I believe many people in this church. They don't want this. They don't want this. If you ever get a taste of it, you can get off the presence, on God's presence. So, what's the problem? We talked a little bit about this last time. So, so. What holds us back? What holds us well, back? First of all, there's a, first of all, the main reason is one of the main reasons is we don't believe that. We don't really believe that. We believe in the belief theory. We believe in theory. We believe in concept. The evidence of what you the evidence of what you believe is what you do. Do you feel confident? Do you feel confident that it comes to God's presence? The belief is really there. Belief is really there, listening to you, wanting to answer you, wanting to answer you, wanting you to experience Him, and wanting you to experience you. So the first problem I believe is that we lack the 
confidence but the because I bought the lie because we've got to be reminded that it's not about me, it's not about me, it's about what he's done. Because we'll struggle so because we'll struggle so Well, I just uh, didn't do too well yesterday, and I didn't do well yesterday, and I didn't pray yesterday morning. We should, we should pray. Our standing before God, our standing before God is not based on how much you prayed or not prayed. It's your faith in Christ. Your faith is Christ and what Christ has done. I look at an old book, I look at an old book by, by Charles Finney, the great Charles Finney, the great evangelist of the, evangelist of the, of the first great awakening, of the first great awakening. He, uh, and he, uh, the Lord just happens to be a lawyer before he got saved. And he, um, he talks he, about, he talks about the power from the book, the power from the book. He talks about what was wrong in the church back then. What was wrong in the clergy back then. He said, he said, you believe this. He said, you believe this. What you do, there's no power. There's no power in your prison. There's no power in your prison. There's no power in your meetings. There's just no power. Where's the spirit left you? Where's the spirit left you? Where's the spirit left you? Where's the power? Paul said, I didn't come to you. Where's the man? Where's the Where's the man? Where's the man? Demonstration, demonstration, something, demonstration, something you can see, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The gospel was the gospel was the demonstration, the demonstration of God's spirit, a demonstration of God's power, a demonstration of God's presence in that first century. And so, and so, many talks about, many talks about it. It's like that. It's like it's 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 when you when you finally when you finally trust your soul, trust of your souls when you trust your soul, trust your soul into Christ's hand for your salvation, for your salvation. The more you trust Him, what He's done and what He's done is like the connection, like that connection of a battery, life of God, and the life of God begins to flow in you. The more you push your trust for you, what He's done for you, the more of His life, the more of His life will flow in you. Church, we look at the church, we look at the things we do or don't do. 
to one of the attitudes, things we say or don't say. Just the, he said, that's just the fruit of the sin. The root of the sin, the root of the sin is self. And that's exactly what sin is. exactly what sold them in the garden. Sold them in the garden. So, what holds us back, what holds us back is, I don't have confidence in myself. I do have confidence in myself. I do have confidence in myself. Anything about self. Anything about self. So that's the thing. So that's the that's thing. thing that's, that's the thing that holds us back. That holds us so, back. Where does that come in? Where does that come in? That's what we're talking about. Please do this. 
That's past. There are times we need but to go beyond, beyond, beyond that. that. We, need to seek. we need to seek. Seek and begin to require effort on your part. And Jesus uses Jesus uses parables to talk about the parable of the love coin of the lost coin. The parable of the
Holy Ghost keeps glory and will die. Just seek his will die. In your life, in my will, your life, in my life, in this church, in your will, in this in your will, God, in my will, in will die. In the community that's in the community that's around us, your family. I'm so aware of, I'm so aware of just people in this church who struggle with this and there's brokenness in their family, strife in their families, and situations where some situations where some the devil's gotten into their family. My heart breaks, my heart breaks when I get a prayer of this because God's will. This is not what God's will. He wants to see his will come. He wants his kingdom to come into our families where there's peace, where there's joy, where there's joy, where there's hope, where there's hope, where there's vision, where there's vision, where there's life, where there's his life on the earth. It's not only in our family, but in the church, we're touching the lives of those that around the kingdom. That's his kingdom to come into this earth. That's it. That's why Jesus didn't just come and die and live. He came and lived. Bring that kingdom. Bring that kingdom. He tells us that we'll say, tell us the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. It's right here. It's right here. It's here. It's here. He brought that. And he brought that. This church, when he first this church, when he first announced to he says, the spirit of the Lord is appointing me because he's anointed me. He's anointed me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. He sent me. He sent me to heal the broken heart. He said, I'm going to be those that are captured to, 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 to deliver the eyes of the open the eyes of the blind, to destroy the blind, to destroy the works of Satan in the lives of people. His kingdom. His kingdom. But in order to, but in order to, to know that, it has to be, our will has to be lined up with his kingdom will. God, what do you want in this God, what do you want in this situation? And as Christians and praying Christians, Christians and praying Christians, we're so praying about a situation. We're praying about a situation for something to help us pray. Speak the name of Jesus. So speak the name of Jesus. So without ever asking, ask, without ever asking God what he wants. Father, what do you want in this situation? Father, what do you want in this situation? But I know it's always it's God's will. I know it's always it's God's will to heal. How do you want me to pray? How do you want me to pray? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And even though, and even though what you pray with, what you pray with, what you pray is the same thing you would have prayed anyway. There's something about, there's something about surrendering our will. Our will. And the more I go into this, the more I go into this, the more I realize this was the key to the power of Jesus, the power in Jesus' life. We're raised in churches, so raised in churches so often, I think, the power that Jesus had was because he was the Son of God. How good does that do? How good does that do? In this church, we've been talking to understand that it's the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit could work through him. Only because Jesus Jesus was only surrendered to his Father's will. Because his own testimony, because his own testimony is, I only do what I see my Father, what I see my Father do. Think about that. Think about that. Look back over this day. Take a moment to think about the things you did today. And he said, I only say, and he said, I only say what I hear my father say, what I hear my father say. And the key word, the key word is the word only, is the word only. He didn't say, you know, he didn't say, you know, I said what my father said, and that's what I think also. I only, I only, I only say, I only say the things you said today, the things you said today. And I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that, and never to be condemned anybody. But that whole thought matters. I almost never matters. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus say? And that whole small bit in his ideas, all in his steps was all about the thing. What would Jesus do here? How would Jesus make this decision? How would Jesus make this decision? What would Jesus say in this situation? We may blow it, and we may blow it, but not even some abstract reflection. But to ask the question, just to ask the question, just to ask the question, but give us an open because you and I can't make this submission on our own. You can't decide. You can't 
of this life, my whole life, just to give my whole life over to God. And I'm going to go to work. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to run the world. And I'm going out for good. You're not going to be good. You're not going to be able to do it in your own strength. If only the Holy Spirit, if only the Holy Spirit in you, Jesus, the first in Jesus, because only do it through the Holy Spirit. There's a verse in Hebrews. There's a verse in Hebrews. that through the Spirit. And through the Spirit. Through the Spirit himself. He offered himself up. Surrendering to the Holy Spirit. to the Holy Spirit. Situation. First of all, it starts out being willing. And that's what we're going to end with. And that's what we're going to end with. Being willing. Am I willing? Am I willing? Am I willing to surrender? Am I willing to surrender the control of my life to God's hand? Of course, into God's hand. Of course, into the Christian. Yeah, of course, I do some soul searching. We need to do some soul searching. Am I really willing? Am I really willing? What I found out is, what I found out is, I began to ask the question. I began to make the question. I want to do this. I want to do this. Recognizing that. Recognizing that. That was a good part of it. Allowing the Holy Spirit to help you search your own heart. 
beginning. This is just the beginning. Coffee has not come and coffee happened. You can open the question. You open the question and begin to ask the judge. Begin to ask the question. Am I really willing to surrender the surrender the control of my life? Control. Control. That means the complete control. He has the final say. He has the final say in everything. By the way, by the way, God already knows the answer. Afraid of God, afraid to hide something. Demonstrate. 
are accepted and able and free, but only you can free our free see in their hearts. And that's their desire. And that's their desire for you. Those that are watching and those that are watching online also, we pray that you would let their appetite. If they struggle, if they struggle with confidence, the confidence, help them through the Holy Spirit. Realize this is you. Realize this is you that's been working. You that's been working. You that's been working. You that's been working. You willing to do your good pleasure. So we can learn to rest. So we can learn to rest and trust in your work in us. Cooperate with your Holy Spirit's work in us. Surrender all. To surrender all. That we may learn to trust. We may learn to trust in the Lord of all. Your heart. Your worthy are all our trust. So lean not to our own understanding, which is what's gotten us in trouble. And all our and ways, all our ways to know your ways, to know your ways, and then you will direct, and you path. will direct our paths. And we thank you for this. And we thank you for this. We submit this to you. We submit this to you. What you're doing here, what you're going to do here, what you want to do here. We submit this into the hands of the Holy Spirit. Guide us and direct us. And do that only He can do. That only He can do in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name.